He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. And all of a sudden, we're two weeks out from the NBL Finals starting, or at least knowing how the top six will be will be made up. And we might have got some answers from what we saw in round 18. So we saw the Tasmania Jack Jumpers cement their spot and make a bit of a statement. The Illawarra Hawks took a big leap forward. And I think we might be ready, I'll ask my co-host, to rule out three more teams from the race. The New Zealand Breakers impressed, but boy, is it horrible news what happened to Anthony Lamb and... The Sydney Kings and the Brisbane Bullets still think they're searching for some answers. We saw plenty of dunks, plenty of whistles, plenty of frustrations, plenty of excitement. and Had a bit of everything once again, and now we get ready for these last two rounds. I'm Chris Pike, but I'm joined once again by the former South East Melbourne Phoenix coach. Very, very excited to get his thoughts on how everything's playing out. Simon Mitchell, thanks for joining me once again. Appreciate the invite, Chris. It's um. Yeah, you, you missed out plenty of beef. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I did. We, we'll get to it. We might have some some added candidates for our, our fight night as well. So we'll, we'll 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 get to that because there's. I mean, it, you know, you've been part of this. Now that these, your seasons are on the line, the frustrations at this point in the season start start to spill over because there's just so much at stake in every game, isn't there? Oh, it really is. Um, we saw last weekend. You mentioned earlier that there's three teams that probably put a line through now, and uh, and after this weekend. Um, very well might be putting a line through to two more teams. So, yeah, yeah it's um, every moment of every game matters and, uh, and players are going to fight for that, uh, for that moment. Now, as always, we're here thanks to Hoops7. So if you need any of your basketball, go- basketball goods or shoes, head to hoops7.com.au or if you're in Perth and right now, Simon, if you're willing to brave the 40-degree heat that we're, we're going through seemingly every day, head to the store on Murray Street and also go to Tab Touch and try to find yourself some, some winners. Head to tabtouch.com.au or download the Tab Touch app. Plenty for us to talk about. Some of the big talking points that stood out, we'll, we'll go through everything in a bit more detail one by one, Simon, but two big wins for the Jack Jumpers that absolutely cemented them and I, I can't see them moving from from third spot now. So they were they were impressive. And the best part for them was being able to string wins together. I couldn't have been more impressed with the New Zealand Breakers in Perth with, with what they did. But yeah, like I said, it, losing Anthony Lamb is a massive blow. Illawarra Hawks, they inch closer to locking in a top four spot. And like we touched on, I reckon we can rule out the Taipans, the Phoenix and the 36ers. What, what stood out to you from what we saw in round 18? Oh, I think the Jack Jumpers were coming good at the right time of year. It, with, with two authoritative, authoritative um, performances. Yeah. Everything you want to see in the Jack Jumpers they produced. Got their big three came out play and, and, and were fantastic. And then you saw the guys, not so much less alive, but the role players on the team come out to fill their roles. Led, led especially by Will Magnate. Yes. And um, if, if they collectively can fire at this end of the season and, and look, I'd love to see them run the table between now and the end of the year, even if that includes wild squad SEM getting the getting the get the beat but yeah. getting a get yeah. the loss. But um, I would love to see it because I'd love to see that third team that's really pushing for a championship because right now we've got two teams and then a bunch of also-rans trying to make the four. So uh, the Jack Jump was very impressive to mine. Yeah, no, they were. What we've seen from them all season, we might talk to them about them a bit later in more detail, but they seem to put, put together one good performance and one average performance. But those, those two performances on the weekend, to go up to Cairns and do what they did and pretty much end the season of the Taipans and then to come back and, and take care of business and, and basically end the season of Adelaide. So they basically ended the season of those two teams. But to string games together, that's what they haven't been able to do, but it's a, a pretty good sign at the right time. Yeah, it's not just collecting the wins. It's, it's, it's the manner in which they did it. And sure. as you said, you know, they've knocked out these teams from the playoff run for all intents and purposes. And, uh, and that's a sign of a team that, you know, you want to see teams closing other teams out. And... Uh, and eliminating them, and uh, they had the opportunity, and they took care of the business. Tremendous effort from Scott Roth and those boys. I'll run through the results shortly from round 18, but before we do, we got some good feedback from some of our players we nominated to be part of our fight night last last week, Simon, including Mitch Creek was very, very keen for his his battle with 
with Mason Peatling and he sent he sent through a video of him already already training so he's already getting ready he's for, for, did, did you hear from him did he get in touch with you after that no I haven't heard from Mitch I didn't realise <laughs> that but I know he does love love his boxing yes, yes. Um, we've had lots of conversations about it and uh, yeah he, yeah it, it'd be a bit one sided I think for uh, whoever stepped in yes <laughs> I reckon we've got a couple more candidates and this first first fight. This will be a fascinating clash of styles, a clash of weight divisions, but after what we saw up in Cairns between the two of them, I think they'd be keen to to get it on. Will Magnay and Tajir McCall, what do you what do you think? Gee, that's an interesting one. Mm. Um, Magnay, the body beautiful, the athlete, the uh, the Frank Bruno of boxing, <laughs> perhaps. Uh, it looks like he might have all the tools getting into the ring, but maybe doesn't throw them all at yep, the, yep. all the time. And uh, Oliver McCall, well, Oh, sorry. Tajir <laughs> no, McCall. I called him Oliver McCall, who used to be a boxer. I've got to get my yes, head out of the yes. ring. But he doesn't remind me of Oliver because Oliver, he had that meltdown in the ring and walked out and mm. never fought again. Unfortunately, I fell on hard times. But, yeah, Tajir likes to take a dive once in a while. So I might give him the Sonny Liston uh, award <laughs> and, uh, and make him Sonny Liston. <laughs> he, he, might, he might not come up, come up off his stool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other one's very interesting. Jesse Wagstaff and Finn Delaney. I Jesse tried to take a trademark charge on on Sunday from Finn, and when they were having a having words and pointing fingers afterwards, I had no idea if they were about to laugh at each other, if they were about to hug each other, or if they were about to come to blows. I have no idea what was what was going on. But this one would be very interesting because I have a feeling one of them might go down pretty easily without necessarily too much contact. <laughs> I'm not going to differentiate between those. Uh, that might be a little bit. Uh, you, you, your Red Army might uh, <laughs> might try and solve that me next time. Uh, look, I love both those blokes mm. uh, and the way they go about it, but uh, I don't think I want to see either of them in the ring any time doing that. that. That might be more of a bit of a wrestling match. Um, <laughs> I don't think it'd be a good fight. I don't think it'd be a pretty fight. I think Wagstaff would be tying up his opponent all game long. <laughs> oh, he absolutely, oh, absolutely. Would be, the referee would be busy. <laughs> the referee be very busy trying to separate them. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'll, leave, I'll leave that one alone. They don't remind me of anybody. <laughs> no, 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 they don't. And, and you're right. It, it wouldn't be the sort of thing anyone wants to wants to see. It would end up on the on the ground, probably just holding each other, and it'd get very boring. Um, <laughs> that was more like they wanted to buy each other dinner than have a fight. I thought. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't work it out. They they had big smiles on the on their on their faces, but at the same time, sometimes that hides a, a little bit of ill feeling. But I've got yeah, I have no idea what was what was going on. But um. Let's get on to more serious matters. So what we saw across round 18, we saw a lot of things get sorted out. So it started up in up in far north Queensland and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, as we talked about, beat the Cairns Taipans 94 to 86. And then we saw Adelaide 36ers did it again against the Sydney Kings 85 to 78. And then we saw Elora Hawks beat the Brisbane Bullets. I'm interested to talk about this one with you. They beat them 89 to 76, but I can't help but feeling frustrated with the Bullets to, to blow an, another one from a good position. And then we saw a really competitive Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I think full credit to them, even though it's a 16-point loss to Melbourne United. Um, and then the Jack Jumpers, as we talked about, did it again back home, 109 to 86 over the 36ers. And finally, full credit to the New Zealand Breakers, beat the Perth Wildcats in Perth, 89 to 78. I want to start with the Breakers, Simon. Um, it was a hell of a performance. I mean, I I spent some time on the invitation of of Modi Mayor with the team on on Saturday once they were were in Perth and they had a training session in a gym that felt like it was probably 60 degrees in, in inside it. They went down to the beach afterwards and Modi was feeling great because he had a team, had his full team available for the first time all season. He got a training session in with his full group. He was excited to go into the game with his full group for the first time. One quarter into it and Anthony Lamb, it didn't look good at the time. We've now since found out that probably what we all feared that he's ruptured his Achilles but they still got the job done with a really good performance in Perth. What did you make of what they did? Oh, I thought they were excellent. It doesn't surprise me Perth got to put the air conditioners on there for <laughs> yes. it's, uh, it's, uh, from, from the get-go, they, they, they were pretty solid, um, New Zealand, at both ends of the floor. I thought you know, they, they really created great offensive transition opportunities against Perth. I thought pretty lacklustre in that event. Mm. Um, I thought their transition D was really bad. And maybe that should be the focus more than maybe Bryce supposedly being fouled off call. But yeah. uh, regardless, it's New Zealand and what they were able to do. And uh, I thought they came with a great game plan. You know, I think they really exploited the switching of Perth. And PJC was able to just take on whoever he wanted. Um, the switching wasn't working, and but Perth stuck with it, and they paid the, uh, paid the price for it. Mm. I want to talk about Parker Jackson Carr, right? Because to me, he's the only player 
in the league that has a very similar skill set to Bryce. I mean, he's probably as quick as him. He's got similar ball handling skills. He's he's got all the tools there, and he had a had a hell of a first half to set up that game. That was. They didn't match up necessarily a hell of a lot, but he's the one player that can take it at Bryce. And gee, what he did in the first half really put the breakers in a in a winning position. Yeah, well, what I really like was Modi puts him in a position to, to be successful. Yes, um, you know he runs him off different sets. You know he runs him off those elapsed and cuts. Uh, they get him in the mid cylinder pick and rolls. They run some horns action for him, and they did try to get Bryce onto him a few times with the guard to guard screens and. Uh, Bryce was, uh, he had the Matadors uh, uniform mm. on and just sort of let him pass a few times. So I just thought that Modi really created an environment for, for PJC to be successful and uh, and he was really aggressive and took care of it. And, you know, we saw just uh, how effective he was in transition. Uh, a couple of long rebounds came to him and he's, he's off. You know, you can't stay with him. So really great game from him. I thought he controlled, controlled the tempo from, from the get-go and then, uh, and then, you know, the other guys sort of uh, jumped on board for him. Yeah. What I love is that, Modi just has complete faith in him. How important as a coach, especially with your point guard or your main ball handler, is it to give your player that license? Because we saw him the week before, unfortunately, late in the game, I think it was against the Hawks, where he had the last possession where he could have either put the breakers in front or tie scores, and he unfortunately dribbled it off his foot, and, and that was the game. But Modi has full faith. He put him back in those positions, and he knows that more more often than not, he'll make the right right play. I mean, how important as a coach is it to instill that confidence in the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands. Oh, 100%. And, and, it's, and it goes both ways. Um, mm. You want to have, as a coach, 100% confidence in the player that he can that he can make the right decision at the right time um, and lead the team uh, when, he, when he needs to in a number of different ways, whether it's be, be creating for others or creating for himself or uh, being vocal, huddling the team up. You know, there's a coach on the floor and you want them to be um, if they have those abilities. And so, yeah, from a coaching standpoint, you just want to love your point guard. And from a point guard standpoint, um, it was many years ago since I last put on a sneakers, but you want that investment from the coach as well. Um, you want them to give you the keys to the car. You don't want them calling plays for you. You want to be able to make those decisions. You want the confidence of the coach. And, you know, PJC actually started off a little shaky, I guess. You know, I think mm. he missed his first ball from the, yeah. from the field, but there was no hesitation. They were good looks for the most part. There was no hesitation or it, it was clearly none from uh, Modi that, hey, maybe we can work it around for a better look. It's just, hey, keep plugging away. Those are good looks. I have my investment and confidence in you. So, yeah, look, there's clearly a, a great understanding between those two. And I thought Modi, it was a masterful performance from him from a coaching mm. standpoint. And uh, I thought Modi was as much of a difference as anybody else during the course of that game. No, absolutely. They came with a clear game plan. And physicality was part of it. And I... I'm not buying into the fact that, you know, the Wildcats have come out complaining about it since about the physicality, but I, I think everything they did was legal. They just were physical in the right way because I think, led by Mango Madiang as well, he he probably showed Alex Saar how to be play like a man in in this league and what it takes to, to be physically imposing. And I know, I know Cody's felt silly at, at times this year because he picked him to be defensive player of the year and he just hasn't come close, mainly because he hasn't been allowed to with the whistle. But what Mango showed is that, a physically imposing big man can can take you a long way in this league. Yeah, a couple of beautiful wall ups at the rim mm. um, early in the game too. And I said the Red Army, but he was straight up and protecting yep. the rim and yep. you know, wall the contact through the chest and, and even one in the mouth. Um, I think got an elbow from mm. Peter in one of them. So yeah, look, I thought he, he really set the tone from the from that standpoint. The uh, in regards to the physicality of Bryce off the ball, I mean. There was very, very few moments of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were pretty much all whistled and whistled pretty quickly. Uh, I think that might be just the sensitive Red Army uh, mm. uh, calling out something that didn't exist. Now, New Zealand, what they did a wonderful job, I mean, they clearly put their time into Bryce, is that they focus on him. And it basically turns it into a game of four on four. Yep. It, it gives space to other guys on the floor. And, and everybody sort of fed from that as well. You know, you see... Uh, Dribble handoffs from Pinder, he rejects it because Bryce has been top locked and he's able to get the space to go one-on-one and get himself on the rim. Uh, even Jesse Wagstaff a couple of times found himself in space, wasn't able to finish. Mm. But because you're guarding Bryce off the ball, it just creates that extra space. There's no help defense there. And, and uh, yeah, all the Perth guys were able to have a look. But even, you know, their, their finishing wasn't great. Um, but every time that someone else besides Bryce is shooting the ball, I think, you know, the New Zealand coaching staff are uh, tipping their hat at each other and saying, well done, sir. Absolutely. Um, those are all the positives for the breakers, but and they, I guess, when you're in the in the in the middle of a game, you can make the adjustments when you lose a player. But Anthony Lamb is a massive loss. It's a horrible news for him to rupture his Achilles. It, we know what it means. It means that he's 
out of the game for 12 months, which is horrible for, for anybody. But I also think he's such a huge loss. I, I think behind Bryce, he's almost the hardest guard to guard in the league to, to try to try to stop because, I mean, he, he's got such offensive weapons. Do you see him losing him now as being something that will stop them reaching the top six or do you still think they can, they can make it? If they've got their work cut out for them, I think they can do it. Mm. One of the things that, uh, that Lamb's been really good at is covering for other guys. Yep. Um, in the absence of uh, Finn Delaney and Zylan Chetham, um, he's been able to play two, three, four, five. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's played every position on the floor um, and he's offered genuine um, alternatives to those guys who have been missing. But those guys are back now. So with Chetham back on the floor and looking like he's in pretty good touch, yes. Indelaney will get better after every game. Uh, they still have the talent um, to cover for him. They're clearly not as good a basketball team with him not taking and not suiting up. But mm. they still are a very talented and deep roster. And I'm hoping for New Zealand, the country, I'm hoping for New Zealand, mm. the basketball team. <laughs> yep. I want to advance the NBL because I'd love to see them back in it because I think they've got genuine talent mm. and uh, we want to see some of these teams that maybe fall into the playoffs make a bit of a wave, I guess. And I think they're the team that's equipped to do it if they can get there. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're, they're even if they finish sixth, I think they're every chance to end up in a semi-final series and pushing either Melbourne or Perth to to three games and making it difficult. So I think Cheatham is is the interesting one. He when he's up and going, he's more athletic and probably more explosive than anybody that he'll come up against. His shooting is, is reasonable enough where you do have to respect his shooting. He could he could be the guy that still picks up that slack and helps to cover for, for losing Lamb. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a really talented athlete. As maybe we underestimate his skills a little bit and that can be a bit of a, uh, a fault on people when you see someone who's such an extreme athlete. Mm. You call him an athlete and not a basketballer. He's a basketballer. Yeah. He yes. can play the game. He's pick his way through situations and... Uh, he makes pretty good decisions. He's fairly skilled. Yeah, he's a talented guy, and uh, he's someone we've looked at very closely in the past at Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Um, so I've got a lot of time for Zion. We, we we tried hard to get him one year, but he was right on the edge of making an NBA roster and, mm. and wanted to stick with that. But yeah, I think he's um, I think he's a guy who can certainly step up his game and, and carry a bit more of a load for New Zealand in the absence of Anthony Lamb. Sticking with that same game on Sunday. Um... Was it the the pressure of trying to win for Damian Martin too much for the Wildcats, or did you, I mean did you, did you see some some concerning signs for them, or or what did you make of their performance? Uh, I, I'm a little bit concerned. Mm. Uh, I, I I I watched that game um, back again, and it kind of reminded me of the start of the season. Yeah, when um, you know they're trying to try trying to get other guys involved early. And Bryce was kind of found himself watching, you know, on the third side of the floor, and it never quite got there. Um, and he was, you know, players are denying him anyways. And and uh, he, he he had a couple looks early, you know, he had th- you know three threes in that first quarter that that, that weren't great looks. Yeah, they were okay. Mm. Uh, they were mostly because of New Zealand blunders rather than Perth execution. The loss of Harris early to foul trouble yeah. um, as someone who tried to genuinely get him involved. Um, when Wagstaff was in there, just about every moment of the time he's out there on the floor, he's trying to think, how can I get Bryce involved? I'm not sure anybody else shares that attitude. No. I thought there was some, some, you know, some signs there. But having said that, you know, Harris is out of the game early. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I think the, the defensive transition was an abomination. Mm-hmm. Poor, mm-hmm. really poor. And it needs to be a huge focus. To get the physicality on Bryce, that's been overstated. It's yeah. a whinge. Uh, move on. Focus on your defense because that's poor right now. And um, and their defensive transition really should have been lit up. Um, New Zealand missed a couple of really easy shots at the rim. Uh, Mango missed a dunk and uh, a layup. And, yeah, a couple of guys missed some, uh, you know, pretty easy makes at the rim that really could have put Perth under the hammer early in that first quarter. And, uh, yeah, for me, there's a little bit of concern. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that Perth need to show us a little something this round going into the finals. It's an interesting game. I mean, they've got they finished next weekend with two games on the road, but this weekend they've got a Cairns team that doesn't have a lot to play for. Would you like to see them really put the hammer on, hammer on them? Is this the sort of game where a big win against Cairns will will get them back on track? Uh, I think there's. Um, I think Cairns would have really liked what they saw from New Zealand. They've yeah. got the personnel that can do some similar work. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, the, the ability of uh, New Zealand to rotate players across, you know, through uh, guarding Bryce. 
you know, uh, rooster, rooster vicious. <laughs> I've been trying all year not to say that, but he started on him, uh, you know, when Bryce was at the two to start the mm. game. When uh, Ty Webster comes out, mm. Bryce goes to the one. You see Lee Arthur come into the game and he puts a little bit more, he's able to put a bit more pressure up the floor and deny Bryce had played eight minutes, although at that point already, and he's like, I, I really don't want to take this mm. guy on fresh. And say Lee Arthur is someone who's had very good success against uh, Bryce in the past. So Bryce was uh, maybe lacking in a little bit of aggression when he came into the game. He was pretty happy to just throw it back to the Pinder or Wagstaff and let them bring the ball up the floor. Mm. Uh, and I think, you, you know, we've talked about it previously with Cairns and their ability to throw players around defensively. Uh, you know, get some Patrick Miller, get a bit of size, a bit of weight to lean on Bryce a little bit. Got, uh, obviously, Bull Quile, who'll probably get the first uh, yep. chance to go at you know, different bodies. And even Tajir McCall, with that wiry athleticism, gives a different look. So they're all different looks. And, and, that, and those different looks can help you stop a player getting into rhythm. And I really like the matchup and the possibilities that they have there for Cairns. Now it's the mental barrier of trying to overcome what may be a dead season for them. Yep, no, absolutely. All right, Simon, time to take a break. Plenty more to talk about. We'll move on from Perth and New Zealand after this, but let's hear from Tab Touch, and then we'll get stuck into the rest. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tab Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tab Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. I'm joined once again by Simon Mitchell. Um... Talk a bit more about what we saw from the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, Simon, because like we talked about off the top, two really good wins. Going up to Cairns to get that win, coming back home to beat Adelaide. Two teams playing for their lives, and we can mention Adelaide and coming off the back of travel. Scott Ninnis didn't do what CJ Bruden did, didn't blame the travel, but clearly Adelaide were tired on that Sunday. But but Tasmania took full advantage and full credit to the Jack Jumpers. And like you said, their three stars all, all played big weekends. Jordan Crawford was terrific, Jack McVeigh terrific, and... Milton Doyle becoming more of a playmaker was terrific as well. A lot to like, and I think full credit to Scott Roth for getting his team to play much closer type of basketball to what he's been wanting them to see. I feel like they've been building towards this, and he's finally seeing his team probably putting out there what he he wants to see. Yeah, I think that's fair fair assessment. I'm not sure they've been building towards it. Um, (laughs) I think they've been wildly consistent. Yes. Or two steps back almost, but... You know, we, we mentioned it earlier, but I, I think the fact that they went in there and they went up to Cairns, which can always be difficult, mm. um, difficult conditions to play in. It's a long road trip. They go up there, take care of their business, um, against a team that needed to win, and then they travel back home and, and do the same against the 36ers. Again, another team that needed to win. It's, uh, it's just it's a very good a very good sign for the Jack Jumpers and, and, and the emphatic way that they did it. You know, they'll... they'll Excellent on both sides of the ball, and their depth really shone through. I thought, um, you know, guys like who have maybe a little bit quiet in the season, like Clint Steindl, yes. coming through in both games, playing well. We saw Sean McDonald, who's the most experienced development <laughs> player in the history of the sport, um, <laughs> yes. coming and uh, and play really well for them again. And um, those performances, I thought, were, were, were really, and along with Will Magnate, um, who, who was excellent. Uh, those, those guys, along with the big three. We had unbelievable weekends. And if Tassie had those guys, all of them, going on the one night like they did, mm. they're extremely tough to deal with. You mentioned Magne. We'll talk about him a bit, a bit more shortly once we get to our awards. But just quickly, in that game against Adelaide, and he's coming up against Isaac Humphreys for a lot of this game, they were plus 31 in the 22 minutes he played. Sometimes plus minus can, can not be the greatest indicator, but on this occasion... I'm that just highlights how important he is because he gives them a, a post presence. He gives them a rim protector up the other end, but he's just playing with that confidence that he looks like he's almost back to that player that we saw him being before he went to the NBA, probably without the three-point shot that we saw back then. But he's getting back to that player that we, we first saw going back four or five years. I think he's a better player. Mm-hmm. I think he's a better player right now than he was even when he, we saw him in that... Uh that little purple patch he had at Brisbane. I mean, he's, uh, we, as you said, we know he's a rim protector. We know he's a great rim roller on the pick and roll. Um, I think the important thing for him is he's stringing games together. Yes. And uh, I, I, as I said, I think he's having a career best season now, and he's doing it in 18 minutes a game. Mm. And it's crazy. You know? He's just all 70% from the field, 10 points, seven boards, uh, over one and a half blocks. And, uh, I mean, that's everything you want out of your centre in mm. the modern game. You know, they've got that versatility with him and, and Marcus Lee. They, you know, they, they get the rim protection and the, 
the athletic side of that. And uh, yeah, they're, they're firing really well, and, and he's been a huge, huge reason for, for their weekend. Do you like the way that Scott is now having his three stars? So you got Milton Doyle, Jordan Crawford, Jack McVay playing. It looks like they're all, the longer they play together this season, the more they're all finding their roles. I mean, Milton's becoming more and more of a playmaker and not as much of a scorer. Jordan's the guy that can light it up and then Jack does what, what Jack does. And I think he's probably having a career best season as well. He's getting better every every year that he plays. I mean, do you like the way they're using their, their three stars? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think... Uh the more you've got the ball in Doyle's hands, particularly down the stretch of games, uh, the better you are setting up your team for success. Um, I think getting the ball out of Crawford's hands at times is also really effective. You know, he's got through that little bit of a lean patch, keeping him fresh, uh, allowing some of the responsibility to fall on the shoulders of others. Uh, I think it's great for him. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you with Vic Bay. I think he's having his best season. You know, it's, uh, it's an, we're kind of... Uh, we're a little bit spoiled for four men, um, yes. you know, local four men this year. You know, he's been excellent. Uh, and it'd be an interesting discussion, you know, who's been the best four man in the league. His, his name's got to be in there, you know. Mm. You think of him, you think of Chris, you think of uh, Josh Bannon up in uh, Brisbane. Yeah. Luke Travers is pretty handy too. So, yeah. like, there's a real a real strength in four men in the, uh, in the NBL, local four men. And uh, I think you can certainly mount an argument that he's been the best of that group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, and he just plays with such, such a love of the game. What a what a love about him! I, I just love how much he loves the game. I mean, he's just infectious. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had much to do with him, but I mean, you're playing professional sport, and a lot of guys get burdened by that pressure. But you can just tell that he loves what he's doing. It's it's great. It's just it's great to see. <laughs> he, he comes across as being pretty nutty, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> that for sure. I, I, I I've not had much to do with him. I remember mm. seeing him up at the under twenty nationals. Uh, several years ago when I was up there with Ian Stacker and Ian coached him in the AIS and, and he absolutely adored him, loved him. Um, spoke really highly of him as a character. Again, may have mentioned him, mentioned him as being a little bit zany, but just huge personality. And, uh, and that's, that, that sort of thing can be infectious. You know, they've got some quiet guys on that. Yeah. So having a bit of an extrovert um, is, is really important. Um, I've had rosters before where... It, Mitch Creek has been the only sort of extrovert mm. and it puts a lot of pressure on that extrovert to sort of be the life of the party, to be the guy who gets other players up and whatnot. So he's certainly one of that. Uh, Steindl's obviously the captain of that team. He really shows lots of leadership uh, attributes and, uh, yeah, they're, they're humming at the moment. They had a great weekend and I'm intrigued to see how they follow it up this weekend. I think Jack will be the next captain, won't he? I mean, it seems like an obvious fit. We've retired his singlet, haven't we? Yeah, we, we have. We absolutely have. Well, he's going to be captain then. <laughs> yeah, no, I think he's going to be the natural selection for that. Yeah. That's the next step in his in his growth as a player, is to take that officialdom and, uh, and to run with it. And uh, I think as you'll be in a better spot when he's ready for that too. Last thing on the Jack Jumpers. Are they the biggest threat to the top two right now? Would you say that they're their biggest, biggest challenger if you had to pick one out? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, we've already seen... The, the problems that they've, uh, they've given Melbourne United. Yes. You know, as I, I think I mentioned earlier, I'd love to see them win their remaining games and, and have and boost that record, not be a 500 team. And, and, and um, that includes a game with Perth too, which will be fascinating. Yeah, yeah. But I think it'd just be great for the finals race to see that third team in there. And I'm not convinced that there's another team that can do it. So, yeah, yeah I'll be rooting for for the Jackies over the remainder of the season. Uh, and I'd love to see them uh, spring an upset in, uh, in a semi-final series. Mm. The Illawarra Hawks, they took a big step towards locking in a spot as well. They've, they're up into fourth now. They've got to 12 and 12. They're 10 and 5 under Justin Tatum. It was an interesting game against the Bullets, though. I don't know if they were necessarily that impressive until the last eight minutes of the game where I think it was a combination of them locking in defensively and holding Brisbane to six points over the, those last eight minutes, but also... I think Brisbane coughing it up. We can get to to the Bullets shortly, but did you like what you saw from the Hawks? How do you, how do you see them right now? Yeah, I'm still not buying stock in them. It was a difficult game to ascertain. Was it the Hawks closing the game out or Brisbane dribbling down their leg again? Yeah, it was, it was just a difficult one. Look, it'd be a great story if they finished top four. I mean, they definitely can. I mean, just through... Uh, that maybe I think Homer Simpson once said was the greatest two words in the American language, default. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, look, it'd be a great story. I'd love to hear them sending a bouquet up the highway to the officers of the Sydney Kings if they did. I'm not sure I'm ready to declare they're, they're, they're looking good for a top four spot just yet, but they've given themselves a shot at it. And, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, what a story. Um, yeah. 10 and 5. Look, they've got two huge games this week. Yep. Uh, I know we're going to cover the game a little bit, but uh, if, if they can knock over New Zealand and then sit the slipper into into the Kings up the highway, um, then we genuinely have to say, well, this is a top four thing. Absolutely. One big thing, I mean, Wani Swaka Lobaluk was a, was a starting, a starting def- defensive player basically on a Sydney Kings championship team. So we know what he's capable of, but I think he's right back to being at his defensive best best again. He's done some great great jobs, and I think the job he did on Nathan Sobey, and it wasn't just him, it was a team effort, but I think he led the charge. That Gary Clark is, has been terrific as well, so I'll get your thoughts on him too, but how key to their turnaround has Wani's defense been? Yeah, I think he's improved greatly in that area. And I agree with you, I, I haven't gone back and, and, and watched it, but it was more of just a gut feeling. I thought he was really disappointing last year. Mm. I, I kind of had high hopes for him as that almost a full call type as a defender. Mm. Um, you know, he's got amazing length, great size, but I thought he was uh, trying to be something maybe that he wasn't last year, trying to be a little bit more assertive at the offensive end. But I've really enjoyed the season this year. Um, He's, he's, he's turned back the clock to being the player that I, I was forward to seeing. He's not stepping outside of his skill set, so he's become much more efficient at the offensive end. Um, and his versatility at the defensive end is really big and important for Illawarra. Um, they're not blessed with a lot of great defenders. Mm. So having someone who can guard the one, two, or one, two, three, and even the four if need be, because of his, you know, his length and size, uh, it's 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 a it's a great attribute. It's a it's a great weapon to have, and he's fulfilling the role I think that they saw for him. And um, I tip my hat to him and in the season he's had, and uh, and you know, I hope to continue to see it now and hopefully into the finals as well. No, I think you summed it up well. I remember when he first signed at Illawarra, I spoke to him and did a story on him, and he talked about how he did want the ball in his hands more. He wanted to become more of an offensive player and. I think maybe he lost focus of what his great strengths are, and that's being potentially the best defender in the league, and I think he's getting back close to, to that now. So I think you, you sort of summed it up well. Gary Clark's the other one I wanted to touch on. He's a he's a mighty tough guy to stop, isn't he? He's a, He's got a lot of weapons. He's And more importantly, he's taking the pressure off Tyler Harvey from him feeling like he has to be the match winner on this team because he can be the match winner. What do you, what do you think of what Gary's doing? He's had a really solid season. I thought he was maybe just solid. Mm-hmm. To start the year, yep. um, but I think as the seasons progressed, he, he doesn't seem to have a big personality, and mm-hmm. I don't say that a, a, a criticism. It's mm-hmm. more that you know, he seems to be that guy who's going to not impose himself, but just wait for his opportunities. And uh, as the team has become more aware of his skill sets and where he needs the ball and needs his touches, then his game has started to blossom a little more. You know, he's got inside-outside ability. He, I don't think we've seen the best of him from the perimeter yet either. Mm. You know, I've watched a, a fair bit of him, um, and, and he can really light it up from, from behind the arc. And, you know, right now, maybe the fear of the ride's more uh, more fearful than the actual result right now. But I think he takes a lot of pressure off a lot of his teammates. Uh, yeah. and, and Sam Foley as well, because Sam's not a particularly good uh, post player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you throw the ball into to Gary down there, and you can expect pretty good results. So... I think he fills a lot of holes for that team, and I'm really enjoying his season. He, and as I said, like he just he just seems to fit in really well. I, I hope he, uh, I hope uh, Illawarra have been aggressive in trying to get him back for next year. And if not, I hope other teams are being aggressive because I'd love to see him uh, continue to, to to grow in our league. Yes, absolutely. The team they beat, the Brisbane Bullets, they're they're, they're frustrating me because they're so close to being a, re- a really good team, but they seem to. To seem to blow these sort of games. I mean, they took control of this game against the Hawks in the third quarter. I think with eight minutes to go, they were still leading by four, and it felt like they were still in control of the game, and then they just disappeared. They scored six points in the last eight minutes of the game, ended up losing by 13, so not only did they lose, but they lost some some percentage as well, and their percentage is, is way less from... They're, they're the only team from the teams they're now competing with for a, a playoff spot that's under, under 100, and they're well under 100. They're at 96, so... Oh, it's, it's frustrating to watch because they're so close, but they just get tight late in games. What what are you seeing from them? Yeah, look, we've seen it all season long, really, with the four-quarter fade-outs from yeah. this time. 
you know, Nathan had a, a quiet night. Um, and, and when he's having those quiet nights, where do you go? You know, if you're just looking at the roster and, and going through the names, you say, well, there's Casey Prater, for sure. Yep. But he's clearly on restricted minutes and and not getting the opportunities down, you know, down the stretch to, to sort of assert himself. Piers, that's going to be like that for the rest of the season yeah. in regards to his minutes. So no, they just, What about Chris Smith and Shannon Scott? They combine for two points for the entire game and one of nine shooting. That's your, your two other imports. Yeah, I've quit on them, though. Yeah. I personally, I don't expect anything from them. Um, they've shown for, the, you know, for this, the, the calendar year of 2024 that they're, they're not up to NBL standard, mm. and certainly in the system. So, you know, Smith has faded as the season's gone on, and, and, and Scott just never really found a role for himself after uh, okay. after missing some games. Yeah. Um, I'm sure both guys, both guys do have the ability, but that's not that's not their persona on this team. Well, I shouldn't say that. Scott's probably never been that guy. He's more more of a floor general, um, Bill Gaps kind of guy throughout his career in G League. Yeah. Um, he shared the floor with some really good players when he was playing for the Nets. You know, and, and half those blokes have been in the NBL. You know, the Tajir McCall and mm. the Mitch Creeks and you know, these guys of this caliber where, you know, he's just played his role. Um, and, and I think that's where he's most comfortable. Uh, he did have a 30-point game with the Taipans last year, though, didn't he? Yeah, he, he had that, that game where it was a little bit more of an outlier for him. Though. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. not really who he is. Shot the ball exceptionally well that night. And uh, there's a lot of guys who have had 30-point games that you probably don't rely on to turn that <laughs> yeah, on too no. often. It's sure. not. It's not who he is. And so, I mean, that's part of the puzzle for them moving forward. They can go as far as Nathan takes them, I think. Um, I, we saw a little earlier in the year, Mitch Norton, you know, he, he looked to be trying to be a bit more uh, offensively aggressive. Mm. Um, but he's never been a terribly efficient offensive player. So mm. that's not really his bag. You know, Smith, I'm sure they expected more from from an offensive standpoint. I mean, he seems to get most of his stuff coming out of sets. Yeah. Um, you know, Bannon's the key to their future. They know what they've got a really. They know they've got a really good one in him. Yes. Um, and Harrison, whilst he's commanded that centre position, I'm not sure throwing the ball into him down the stretch of the game is is where you're going to go for your results. So, yeah, look, I think it's just building pieces for Brisbane right now, and uh, I'm not terribly surprised that they they are where they are. Um, I think where they're at right now, and look, they might fall into the playoffs, but they're going to be a sub-500 team and have a, a losing percentage. Yep. Um, it, it, I wouldn't get carried away in, by get, getting into the postseason if they happen to. Mm. But their record, their season, I think as a whole, is a, a genuine step in the right direction um, and a solid base for them to build upon moving forward. Um, this isn't their year. This is their year to sort of make assessments. Yep. Where are they at with Sobey? Is he the guy they want to build around? You know, I think they've had really good returns in their recruitment of Sam McDaniel and Isaac White. Yep. You know, I think we've already seen what's happened at the centre position and they're going to move in a different direction there. So, I think they absolutely back in Harrison and Zakarski for that next year and I think Mitch Norton's been a great oh, a great addition sure. as well, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And and I think, you know, if you, if you can team Sobey up with a, uh, a point guard who is a genuine top three or four point guard in the NBL, mm-hmm. um, I, we could see Brisbane take that next step next year. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I think that's what we thought they were doing with Shannon Scott. It just hasn't hasn't worked out. No, it hasn't. Not at all. Mm. Shannon's game sort of seemed to fall off a cliff a little once he, once he incurred that injury, and he's not been the same player since. No. So it's, it's sad. Um, he's, he's a guy that uh, I was really impressed with last year. Mm. He played above the level that I thought he would at Cairns. And uh, I was excited to see what he could do with Brisbane this year. Um, but it hasn't quite panned out to, for, for, for either club nor player. I want to get your thoughts on the throwdown. It sounds like a funny thing to say, but I was more impressed with what the South East Melbourne Phoenix did than Melbourne United. And they're the team that ended up losing. And we found out that Mitch Creek was, was going to be out as well on top of Gary Brown and Alan Williams and Craig Moller and Matt Kenyon. They did get Abdul Nader back, and he looked, he looked pretty good. He tried to take over the game in the 18 minutes he was out there, but he couldn't stay out there. Like we talked about last week, he's struggling to adjust to playing in the NBL. It looked like it was going to blow out in the third quarter. I was convinced it was going to become a 40-plus point game, but they showed a lot of heart to fight back and do what they did in the fourth quarter. What did you, what did you make of what they did? Basically, a team of kids up against the, the league leaders. Yeah, I thought the Phoenix you got out of them about what you would hope to get from the standpoint of thought the, the final score was quite generous to South East Melbourne. Uh, you, you mentioned there that, that it looked like it could really, I mean, I think 
Melbourne got up by maybe just around that 30-point mark, yeah. maybe just a little under in that third quarter. And, um, you know, I thought Dean was quite gentlemanly <laughs> <laughs> about the way he coached. And then he, he let some of his some of his players get plenty of rest. You know, they, they had a good enough lead, a solid enough platform to run with uh, some little-used players down the stretch. And, uh, and uh, the Phoenix were able to peg back the, the lead a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, I think uh, both teams would walk out of that game reasonably happy in the sense that uh, South East were able to have another look at some of these kids for next year. Um, they would be happy that they didn't squash that 30-point deficit turn into a 50-point loss. Yeah. Um, which would have been pretty heartbreaking. And, you know, to continue to build that competitive edge that we've seen the last two rounds from Southeast, which I think is far more important um, than the, 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 the results um, mm. right now. I mean, the results clearly don't matter for them, but just you don't want to see them putting in some of those performances we saw in early January um, where it was really head-scratching and uh, guys looked like they'd quit on their season. But uh, they've been able to turn it around, um, and that's what you want. Melbourne came out of the game with a solid, comfortable, near-dominant performance. And uh, and any time, you know, with the luck that they've had, they can come off the floor with, uh, with everybody in one piece. Yes. I think they're pretty happy with the result. Yep, Absolutely. All right, before we take our last break, let's update our look at the run home. So we've now only got two weeks to go. Are you happy to rule out the Phoenix, the 36ers and the Taipans from this from this race? Uh, I very much am happy. I implore everyone to rule them <laughs> out. You can't be, you can't be uh, that many games under 500 and fall into the final. That, that's not healthy for the league. <laughs> yes, let's put them off. <laughs> that's, that, so we won't worry about them. Cairns and Adelaide are 11 and 15, so we we don't want those sort of records taking part in postseason action. So let's start with the Breakers. They've got four games to go. They're 11 and 13 now. They've got the Hawks at home, Melbourne away, Brisbane at home, Adelaide away. How many of those four would you give them? Well, I'm going to be really generous. And I'm not going to take too much consideration for Anthony Lamb's injury. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> if I say they're going to win three, but I think they're a chance to win three. Yep. I want them to win three. Yeah. I think I might be overstating what they have lost mm. or understating what yes. they've lost by giving them three wins in that final four game. They've got a tough weekend ahead. The Illawarra game is going to really determine their season for them, I think. Yep. The, the pre-final final, going back to play Melbourne, well, you know, sitting back in their, mm. in their lazy boys on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon is going to be difficult. Yes. And then you, you'd like to think they're a good chance to get Brisbane at home. Mm. And then that Adelaide game, geez, that's going to be, yeah, that, that's that's the one. That, that, that's the one for them. Oh, that, that if they get that one, they're going to sneak in. That, that has a DJ Vasilovic 40-point game written all over it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it may very well do. It may very well do. But look, they've got uh, Isaiah Liafa, who's um, a strong physical uh, guard who mm. can uh, – get into someone like DJ and uh, hopefully cause him some problems because I really would like to see uh, New Zealand uh, sneak into the playoffs. What do you reckon though? Two? Two of those four? I'm giving them two yep. with a chance of a third. Okay. We'll go up to Brisbane. They've only got two games to go. So they're 12 and 14. They've got Adelaide at home, then New Zealand away. I've got them splitting. Yep. So that'll have them equal on New Zealand and they'll miss out on percentage because they're what are they? They're 96 points on the plus minus behind them. They're not going to make that up. Sydney Kings, we haven't talked about them. They're as frustrating as anybody. So they've got Illawarra at home, southeast Melbourne away. How many of those two do, do they get? One. Yep. They're going to get Phoenix. Yep. Yep. On the road. I'm, uh, I'm beckoning Coach Tatum for the, uh, the mm. win. Yep. Well, let's go straight to his team. They're 12 and 12. They've also got two double headers over the last two rounds. So they've got New Zealand away, then Sydney away in that game. Then they've got Perth at home, who they've done so well against, and then Melbourne away. So if you give them the Sydney game, how many of the other other three might they get? Yeah, I've got New Zealand getting them at home. Yep. Uh, I've got Melbourne beating them. I think their big game's going to be that matchup against Perth. Yeah, that's the big one. Um, you know, coming off great performance, they've got every reason to believe that they can do it. Uh, Perth have hit a bit of a road bump 
Mm. Geez, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be one hell of a story to see the Warriors yeah, in the finals after the start they had and and um, yeah and again to send that bouquet up the road, up the road <laughs> to Sydney. <laughs> Uh, I'd love to see them play in the finals yeah. in, a, in a playing game. That'd be great. Do you give it to them? Do you give them? Do you give them fourteen or thirteen? What do you reckon? Um, I'm going to give them thirteen. I think that'll still be enough. So, based on all this, Brisbane will be the ones that miss out. The Jack Jumpers. So they they're already basically locked into that third spot because of their percentage. But they've got the Phoenix away, and then they've got the Wildcats at home. How many of those two would you give them? They get their brooms out. I yeah. think they're uh, they're good for Tokyo right there. Yeah, I thought we saw a really good performance this weekend. Obviously, Southeast is a tough matchup for them, no matter who is on that Southeast team. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a team that franchise they've only ever beaten twice. Yes, and uh, Southeast have thrown some ragtag teams out there against them in the past and been able to get over the top. So I think this time. They might be just stretching it a little too far with the players missing, though. So yeah. I'll get them uh, over the top of southeast, and uh, I think they'll get Perth at home. Yeah. Sixteen and twelve would be a great record to see them finish on, and that's probably the sort of record we expect to see someone finishing third with. The top two, I mean, they're pretty much locked into where they are already. But the Wildcats, they're sixteen and nine, so they've got their last home game against Cairns, and then a road double next week, Illawarra and Tasmania. You give them the Hawks game already. Do they beat Cairns at home? And what about the Jack Jumpers? At, well, they don't get a Jack Jumpers. So, do you give them the game against Cairns? Well, again, look, I, I do like the matchups. I mm. like the the personnel that Cairns can push out against them. But no, I think you've just got to play the uh, the odds on this one and say, well, Perth haven't been terribly impressive at home in recent times. They're surely mm. got to be. Slightly above 50 50 against Cairns. So yes. I'm going to give them just a nod. Um, I think Bryce is probably ready to, un- or to break the shackles. Mm. Um, I'd love to see more plays run for him. Yep. You know, after timeouts, don't run it for Doolittle. Don't run a play for Doolittle, start the game. Mm. Run him for Bryce mm. every chance you get. Get that ball in his <laughs> hands. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think that's the way to move forward for them. We've seen that throughout the year. Um, so yeah, I, I think Bryce is ready to go. Uh, I think they dropped the game against Tassie to finish the year, though. So, yeah, they'll win two more. Yep. Melbourne, they're pr- I mean, they're not quite guaranteed of top spot, but just about are. So they've got New Zealand. They wait for New Zealand on Sunday. Then they've got Cairns away, which will, will be fascinating. That's the fascinating one out of their last three for me. Then they finish against the Hawks. How many How many do you think they get? I'm going to give them the New Zealand game. They're going to be sitting back and waiting on that yes. one. Cairns' season will be over at that point. Whether they come with the fire that they've had against Melbourne previously, we'll have to wait and see. Mm. These men are professionals, and um, we'd like to think that they'll come out as a, not even so much a spoiler, but just with personal pride and wanting to do their best. So that could be 50-50 game. Mm. I think they beat Illawarra. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to go with two wins. Yep. All right, there we go. So, yeah, I reckon as far as... If, if that all plays out, so Melbourne will stay top, Perth second, Tasmania third... And then it'll go down to percentage, and I reckon. So based on all of that percentage, gee, it'll come. It'll it'll be tight. So right now, the Hawks will sneak in. Sydney will sneak in. The Breakers will sneak in. Would you be pretty happy with that top six? I'd be accepting of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be happy with stuff like that team sneaking in. Yeah, look, my interest will be certainly be at the top three. I would love to see an Illawarra Sydney uh, mm. playing game. Uh, I think there'd be some entertainment value there. If you had to ask me at the six minutes into the game at RAC Arena the other night, I would have been saying I, I think New Zealand could make a run. Um, with Anthony Lamb now sidelined, I think New Zealand could still make a run to make finals. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to make a run in the finals. I don't think they're going to win the series. So yep. I've lost a little enthusiasm to see them do it, but I'd love to see them make it. So, yeah, yep. it's... Um, the Illawarra-Sydney game I'd love to see, and then it's, I'll be focused on the top three teams. Yep, yep. All right, let's take our last break, Simon, and when we come back, we'll get your Galen winner, and then we'll preview the six games to come this weekend. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. I'm here with Simon Mitchell. Before we get to our 
preview of round 19, Simon, your Galen winner for this week. We spoke about him a little bit earlier in the show, but we might be going to a big man from Tasmania, are we? Yeah, we definitely are. I've got wonderful Will Magnay. Mm. Um, yeah, just the, the different ways that he imposed himself in the game. Obviously, he got, took a couple of hits to the ribs during the, during the weekend. Oh, especially from and, um, to Jim McCall, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, there was that one. He caught one in the game before as well. And, um, yeah, I just, I like the way he went about his weekend. I thought he was tremendously impressive. Did all the little things to help his team succeed. And um, what I really admire is, like, when you cop something like that in the ribs, is that you continue to roll hard at the, the rim and, and present yourself. And he continues to. And, uh, you know, that's something to be proud of, um, that genuine toughness. And, mm. uh and uh, I, I, I thought, well, that for me gets him the Galen Award this, this round. Absolutely. Completely agree. Couldn't be happy with that with that choice. And by the time we get to the end of next week's time, we're going to have to work out how we decide the winner for the whole season as well. But we'll get through one more round and then we'll, we'll figure that out. Preview of round 19. Thanks to TabTouch. So check out the odds at tabtouch.com.au or on the TabTouch app. Starts with a doubleheader Friday night. We talked about this game a little bit earlier, Simon, but I'm fascinated to see how you think it'll play out. New Zealand Breakers, Illawarra Hawks, basically the winner will go a long way to cementing themselves in the top six. The the loser makes their life a little bit more difficult. What do you think? Well, certainly if Illawarra win, I think they've just about put the kibosh on so. uh, New Zealand. Mm. But I think the Breakers at home, uh, I know New Zealand have had, uh, sorry, that Illawarra have had a little bit of success against New Zealand, even during the, the very tough times. Even even a, but, um, even a Tyler Harvey game winner last last season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they, they had no reason to win any games at all. And these guys out injured and, uh, you know, up against it. But uh, they found a way against New Zealand down there. And uh, But I don't see history repeating itself. Not in round 19. I'm, I've got the breakers. Mm. Second up on Friday night, Brisbane Bullets, their last home game of the season. So I think they're expecting a, a sellout at Nesson Arena again. So the, the public in Brisbane are getting behind their team. Adelaide 36ers, they've probably fallen out of out of contention now under Scott Ninnis, but he's done a great job. Uh, gee, the Bullets need to win. They have to win to keep their season alive. Do they do it? I think there's more to play for for Adelaide than, than the playoffs. Yep. I, I think they are genuinely playing hard for their coach mm. and each other. And uh, I don't think the loss against Tasmania last week and the unlikeliness of them making postseason action is going to diminish their spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to back them in on this one. I think they've got some. They started the season in Brisbane. Yeah, they did. They and I think they, they started. They scored the, the first 15 points now. of the game. They did <laughs> exactly. And uh, I feel like. There must be a feeling in that group. They're like, come on, man. We've got to get these guys. Mm. We, are, we are on one. Mm-hmm. And they've got the mojo right now to, to, to pull it off. They did beat um, them on Christmas so Eve as well. That's right. And so I'm going to back them in, in Brisbane, to ruin the party for the oh. people of Brisbane, unfortunately. Yep, yep. There, there we go. Justin might be too happy with you. I... Now say that Brisbane will win. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Justin. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't thinking of Jazzy. I was thinking more about the, the, the non-performance of some of the players on yeah, that, no, and that roster. No, absolutely. And, and alternatively, Adelaide have got their big guns firing at moment. Yeah, so I just feel like Adelaide's going to get it done. I just hope Trey Kell's healthy enough to play. He was very lucky to play that game on Sunday. So hopefully he, he's right to play. Saturday, another doubleheader. Fascinating. I mean, you touched on it before. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, for whatever reason, match up really well against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Do you give them any chance? Uh, not really. No, I think the Jackies have got to get this one. This is one where we put history away, and I think that we'll just go with common sense and say that the, the Jackies have got a really good roster. They're going to put on the floor. The Phoenix are missing far too many players. Again, I go back to the last round. I want to see a spirited event from the Phoenix. And um, hopefully it's a bit of a, a more of a prettier game than what we saw back on Christmas or Boxing Day. No, Christmas, Christmas Day was not pretty. Christmas Day, well, no, it, was, um, it wasn't a pretty game to watch. And uh, it looks like Tazzy's uh, broken those shackles that they uh, imposed on themselves yeah. at that time of the year. So yeah, I'm going with the Jackies. Second up. Perth Wildcats, the Cairns Taipans. This is fascinating. So the, the Taipans, 
I don't think they're a team you want to play when they've got a free hit. They're a team that has a lot of self-belief, a lot of self-confidence, and I think they'll come out with a point to prove. The Wildcats need to start to get back to their better form as well. So this is a this is an interesting one. Yeah, look, there was a, there's been a few players down for Cairns. Mm. I'm concerned with Sam Wardenberg's form. He signed that contract. That was a great investment. He's a great player, but uh, he really hasn't found his mojo at the offensive end this year. Mm. And um, you know, I thought he had a pretty poor game last round. You know, it was really up to sort of their two big guns in, in, in Patrick Miller and Tajir McCall to yeah. sort of carry the weight for that team. So, you know, they need some more output from guys like Wardenberg, some more production out of a Menenga mm. to get over Perth Wildcats. I'm going for Perth at home on this one. I hope I went for Perth when we were talking through <laughs> the, uh, the ladder. But, yeah, I'm going for Perth in this one. Um, I think they can get this one done. No, I think you did. Two more games on the Sunday. Melbourne United first up against the New Zealand Breakers. I don't know what what the Breakers have done, but they seem to always get these ones where they come up against a fresh team on the Sunday. They've played on the Friday, but they don't make excuses. They'll come out and give this everything still, but can they get over the line against a fresh Melbourne? I think the Melbourne will get this one. I thought they were pretty professional against South East Melbourne. Um, some good signs there. You know, they've had a bit of a rough run in recent times, but yeah, I think the, the fresh legs, the travel for New Zealand, will be a bit of an issue. I think Melbourne will uh, will take care of their business at home. As you've talked about a few times this year, the Sydney Kings have a mortgage on this about being fresh and waiting for their opponents on a Sunday afternoon for this last game of a round. And they're at home waiting for the Illawarra Hawks, who would have come back from playing in New Zealand on the on the Friday night. But based on what we talked about before, you give the Hawks a hell of a good chance. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm not impressed at all with the Sydney Kings. I think they've really let themselves down this season. I would love to see Illawarra get this one um, and, and lock themselves a playoff spot. Again, I don't know how I went a little earlier. But no, you, I know that you, you, uh, you did I, give it to them earlier. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like the Kings, for me, are not playing for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've got the, I don't know if they've got the fight and the hunger mm. for me from what I've seen for too long in 2024. They've certainly got the talent. Yes. And they can easily, easily turn it on on any given night, as we saw against Melbourne United a couple of rounds back. But I think the Illawarra Hawks spirit is going to get them through the weekend. Now they've got the travel mm. coming in from New Zealand. But I think they've got a little something going on there that might just get them over the line. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, having that hunger, they've got the hunger. The Kings have shown that they don't. So sometimes that can overcome a lot of things. So. All right, Simon, we'll wait and see how that all plays out. It's going to be fascinating. I think by Sunday night, we'll know, we'll pretty much know who the top six teams will be, I imagine. So we're going to find out a lot about every team. Thank you for breaking that all down with me once again. Thanks for finding the time this week. And I hope everyone enjoys listening and enjoys what we're about to see. So thank you to Hoop7 and to TapTouch for making this possible. I'm Chris Pike. I'll sign off there and let you finish off, Simon, with whatever, whatever final thoughts you might have. Final thoughts I've got. I think it's um, when we get guys who get reported and we get a little bit of a, um, a brief that's sent out by the NBL, I think you should maybe come with some video and so we can actually break down the incident so we can actually ascertain what they've written as to what we're seeing mm. and whether or not they're patching up. Because when I saw the reports come through from the last round, what's considered deliberate and what's considered non-deliberate or accidental or careless or whatever other words they come up for. I uh, found myself scratching my head a little bit. So, uh, again, you know, we want to open up the game to um, as much as we can. You know, we're really quick to put microphones and timeouts. We want to get in the locker rooms and interview players. Uh, the league is very, very progressive in that manner. Maybe they open up their own doors a little bit and let us peek in and see uh, how they come to some of these conclusions because I thought, yeah, there seemed to be a little bit of a, an anomaly between uh, what I saw and what I've read. So I'd love to see that opened up next year. Well, just very quickly, fascinating that you bring that up. So we're, we're, I think you're referring to both McCall and Magna for what they were were charged with um, from that game up in Cairns. So what the, what the league sent out about McCall, he was the panel deemed the incident as careless, medium impact and low contact. And then later on, Magna's was deemed intentional, medium impact and low contact. 
those are just words to me. I think we need to actually see what they're talking about to know what they're referring to, don't don't we? Hundred percent. And you know, we know they get their little their box of, and they cross check what's this mean, what's this mean, and they put a a numerical figure to the fine, and the, it's garbage. <laughs> we want to see it in video, explain it, um, because without a shadow of a doubt, Tazia McCall turned his shoulder mm. and made contact. Magne, yes, it was careless. I didn't think it was that well disguised no. as a uh, deliberate act. Now, I'm not saying we throw we throw the book at him either. Mm. It, it was a nice little rattler. Um, it certainly got his attention. I, I'm not here to try and get boats suspended or anything like that. But what I saw was two very similar incidents, and um, and they weren't adjudicated the same. So I'd love a little bit of clarification. Yep, I think we all would. But for now, Simon, let's say goodbye for good this time. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you having me on again, Chris. Thank you. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tap Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1 800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.